Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. So what exactly does the agreement between the Zigbee Alliance and Thread mean? You'll find out today on today's Smart Home Show with Case Links from Greenpeak. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf and welcome to the Smart Home Show. Today's conversation is with Case Links, the CEO of Greenpeak. I was actually having a conversation with Case for a project I was working on, and I wasn't even really planning on doing a Smart Home Show interview. But what he was telling me about Zigbee and Thread and, and their company, I thought was really interesting. And so I asked if I can record a few minutes uh, because he was doing a really good job of explaining what he felt the implication of, of the Zigbee and Thread agreement announced the past week or two ago meant. And he also gave some nice detail as to the state of the current Zigbee market. As he talks about in the podcast, he's one of the big three or so chip makers. His company is Greenpeak in the Zigbee space, in the .15.4 silicon space. 802.15.4 is the underlying IEEE standard that serves as the foundation for Zigbee, as well as for Thread. And that's the reason why these two technologies were able to make this agreement in a way. And he talks about his company and, and how many chips he's shipping and where the Zigbee chips are going today. So it kind of lays out how things are going today and where he sees it going. So I thought it was pretty good. I thought you guys would be interested in this. I also have a Smart Home Show. Uh, an interview with the, the head of the Zigbee Alliance as well as the Thread Group coming out next week. So if you're really interested in this stuff, you can find that there as well. Before we get started, I want to mention today's sponsor. We actually have a sponsor for today's Smart Home Show. It's actually Control 4. For those of you who live and breathe Smart Home, you certainly know about Control 4. They have an interesting event called the Smart Living Experience, a live webcast that you can register for coming up on April 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, they'll be connecting both dealers and customers to demonstrate life in a smart home. And they'll be demonstrate the benefits of coordinating lights, comfort, and technology together. Come see all the latest in Control 4, both software and hardware, specifically comfort solutions, touchscreens, video, intercom, multi-room audio, new remote, and multi-room video. If you are interested in this event on April 22nd at 7 p.m., you can register for it now at control4.co. That's C-T-R-L-4.co backslash live smart. Again, ctrl4.co backslash live smart. You can register for it. They also have a video archive of it for afterwards as well. So go ahead and check it out. I'm sure this will be great if you want to understand what these guys are doing and kind of just generally what's happening on the cutting edge of the smart home. I suggest you check it out. I'll also have the link in the show notes as well as technology.fm if you want to find it there. All right, folks, that's it. And so here's my conversation with Case Links. I, I will say that it, he's coming at it from a chip perspective. It's fairly technical. And I actually have a uh, a slide or a diagram that he's actually, he talks about at the very early side of things. If you want to kind of see a visualization of what it means to merge these two and kind of what, what needs each you're feeling for the other, you can go to smarthomeweekly.net and you'll see a little blog post there. Also put it up on technology.fm for this podcast. Just check it out if you want to get the nitty-gritty details of that. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Here's my conversation with Case Links of Greenpeak. Now, the reality is um, that uh, with the announcement of Thread and Zigbee is that what is called the cluster library, the Zigbee cluster library, 
will now be extended to the right and also be put on top of Thread. So the announcement that was made uh, between Thread and Zigbee is that this cluster library now also runs on top of Thread and makes Thread a complete end-to-end -end solution for the smart home. So far it was just an incomplete and the industry was pushing, okay, uh, you're selling the IPv6, but what is the application layer language that you're using? And essentially, um, uh, Thread has selected the Zigbee cluster library to do that. Now, at the same time, the Zigbee Alliance got questions uh, in terms of what are you going to do with IPv6. And the Zigbee Alliance essentially have said, okay, we are going to use Thread as a network layer for IPv6. So it's a sort of um, forced marriage where you know, there were or ultimately only, for, for each party, there was only one candidate. For Thread, there was essentially only Zigbee. And for Zigbee, there was essentially only Thread. And interestingly enough, a lot of Zigbee members are also Thread members and vice versa. So it has been a little bit pushed by uh, the members. Uh, and the members uh, have basically said, you know, this, this makes most sense. You know, if we can get this to work, then uh, our investment in Zigbee are worth its while and uh, it provides us a migration path into IPv6. That's essentially where the um, uh, announcement is about. It's an announcement that is a statement of direction, because the, um, uh, this, is, this is where, this is a roadmap item, where the Zigbee Alliance and the Thread Alliance are going to spend time on, say, the coming 12 months to make it happen. It's not something that is available today, so it's not something you can walk to the store uh, tomorrow and say that you want to have the Zigbee cluster library on top of Thread because it's just not for sale yet. It's a it's a roadmap. Uh, Got it. Store. Got it. Well, that's, it? Yeah, it's great. Can tell me what it means for someone like yourself who sells Zigbee chips, 802.15.4 chips. What does this mean for well, your business? Yeah, good question. We sell we sell chips, but essentially we sell 802.15.4 chips. Okay. It, so so for us, um, everything that goes on top of the the hardware is uh, is software, and this software can be R4CE or Pro or IPv6. Uh, in a way, we are uh, agnostic to the type of network layer that runs on top of our chips. Uh, what is very good for us, what we were very happy about, is that when Thread was announced, that Thread says, you know, we're going to use IEEE 802.15.4 because 802.15.4 is the physical layer definition that has both networking capabilities as well as low power. So 802.15.4, you should also kind of recognize 802.11 Wi-Fi has networking capabilities but not low power. And Bluetooth has low power, but no networking capabilities. And 802.15.4 actually is sort of optimal for both networking and low power. And that are the chips that we are selling. And um, actually with Thread, um, adopting 802.15.4, it's a further recognition of the work that has been done in IEEE 802.15.4. The only open worldwide standard solution for uh, local area networking for sense and control networks.
Tell, tell me a little bit about your business. How many, can you tell me how many chips you sold? Uh, how many Zigbee chips you sold? What are, what are the numbers, if you can tell me anything? Well, to give you a sense, we're shipping um, um, uh, a little bit more than 1 million chips a week. Wow, that's pretty good. Are you, how, where would you place yourself in terms of the, the, the market share? And clearly this isn't a scientific, uh, I'm not getting data from any of your competitors, so they can't speak, but where would you put yourself in yeah. terms of like the market share for the, the Zigbee chipset space? We, we have a sense that there are three large um, uh, Zigbee chip providers in the, in the, in the market, uh, are Silicon Labs, Texas Instruments, and Greenpeak. And the three of them kind of uh, have the lion's share of the of the Zigbee market, maybe 70%, 80%. And then there is about six uh, companies, uh, including Marvell, NXP, um, Freescale, uh, Upnell, that uh, divide up the uh, the other 20 to 30%. That, that's roughly the impression we are getting from uh, the deals and the proposals that uh, that are out there. What are your? Where are your chips going in terms of applications? I know that a lot of your chips were going into cable, uh, cable set-top remotes, but that weren't necessarily being used for a smart home. How does the mix look today? Yeah, uh, we see actually the smart home uh, arriving in three phases. Uh, the first phase is uh, very much focused on infrastructure, and. Um, we expect in, uh, in in three to five years from now that uh, in the United States, which uh, the country that is leading the world, that in the United States within three to five years every home has a set-top box or a gateway with a Zigbee chip in there. The application that justifies this, so 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 to say, that justifies this investment is the is the remote control application for selecting channels uh, and for uh, volume up and down and mute, etc. On, on the TV. But what we see happening on the back of it with, uh, and, and that's what you call phase two, phase two we see as the implementation of vertical applications in the home. And these uh, applications can be things like uh, security. It can be the, the butler we just talk about, talked about, the caretaker. We, will, we see over time that um, more and more sensors will be starting to penetrate the home for different applications, uh, all connected to the set-top box, find the set-top box to the cloud, and find the cloud to the analytics system. That's, that's very much phase two. Uh, phase three, phase three is when uh, we expect, and that's what we expect, you know, probably by the end of this decade, that is when there is a convergence starting to happen where, you know, for instance, you have a motion sensor that uh, turns on your light uh, when you enter the room, but that motion sensor is, uh, is not part of your security system. Well, we think that uh, over time you will have in every room a motion sensor, and when you have turned on the alarm, then every motion sensor functions as a motion sensor of the alarm system. And if you have not turned on the alarm and if people are at home, then um, the motion sensor turns on the light and turns on the heating in the home. Uh, so at that stage, um, uh, sensors are not bound anymore to their individual applications. But there has been a convergence that uh, all sensors are connected to the to the cloud and to the internet. 
and you know you, you can use your smartphone as a dashboard, like you have a dashboard in your car. Talk that's phase three. That's phase three. And 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 we are currently very much um, uh, seeing um, uh, momentum and pickup in phase one. So I would still guess that. Uh, Eighty uh, percent of our shipments today are uh, focused on setup boxes and, uh, and remote controls. Um, so that is the, the infrastructure part, and uh, that all the rest of the applications is uh, starting to uh, to work on phase phase two. Uh, and the majority of the applications we see there today are in the security space. So security sensors um, uh, connected to an alarm. What about this large install? What about the large install base of, of Zigbee chipsets out there that have been installed in set-top boxes, largely as an IR replacement um, for for remotes? Can a software upgrade? And will our cable guys thinking like this along these lines? Could a software update make these part of a larger smart home system and and talking to other types of sensors, etc.? Yeah, um, and in particular the the last generation of chips that we are rolling out that supports both um, remote controls as well as smart home systems. It can also support Threat uh, because also Threat is a software upgrade. So from a um, hardware perspective, the infrastructure out there that is building is already ready for uh, IPv6 sensor networks as are envisioned by um, you know, many people into the future. And, and let me let me back that up with a little bit of history. Uh, we are now 2015. The background of GreenPeak is that we have invented Wi-Fi and made it into a worldwide standard. And the Wi-Fi story really started around the year 2000. Uh, in 15 years, we have gone from zero Wi-Fi chips in every home to we estimate today that every home that is connected to the internet has about 10 Wi-Fi devices for tablets, smartphones, computers, uh, game stations, TVs, and so forth. So in, in about 15 years, this has gone from you know, square zero to today 600 million homes connected to the Internet and about 10 Wi-Fi devices per home. We think between now and, say, 2030, these 600 million homes probably will be 700 or 800 million homes. Um, by 2030, there will be probably 100 devices in every home connected to the Internet through the infrastructure that we are building today. And that's the longer-term picture as we view how the uh, smart homes start unfold, uh, unfolding uh, in, front of, uh, in front of us. Hey, well, Case, uh, I really appreciate you spending some time today and telling us a little bit about uh, the business, what the, the lay of the land looks like post uh, post the announcement between Zigbee and Thread and, uh, and just talking a little bit about Smart Home. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, you're very welcome. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this quick podcast and hear what Case Links from Greenpeak had to say about Zigbee and Thread and how things are coming together and how his business is doing in the Zigbee chip business. Kind of gives you an idea of how things look, the lay of the land. You can find out more about Greenpeak by going to greenpeak.com. As always, you can find more Smart Home shows at thesmarthomeshow.com at technology.fm, and just searching for The Smart Home Show in your favorite podcast player. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.